All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. We are here to give you the shows you need to help with your House of the Dragon withdrawals. We discuss a new horror classic, Barbarian, and we start our new rewatch with the David Fincher classic, Seven. Here we go. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Feeling way too confident. <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you? I'm feeling great. It's a holiday weekend. It's Halloween. We had a great time. You had a little Halloween party. I did. I did. Yeah, it was a good time. Thanks for coming. Uh, you were a chicken? I was a chicken, and then I switched into Doctor Strange halfway through for a costume change. Um, I, and it was also I was Fred Durst. I, I went as Fred Durst. I can tell. And... And, and not, not only did you go as Fred Durst, you're going to continue to go as Fred Durst for the foreseeable <laughs> couple weeks. I have a nineteen, I have a nineteen ninety nine goatee right now with no other facial hair, and it looks really bad. Um, I was, it was dedication to the costume, and the most hurtful thing that's ever happened in my life is um, a friend of mine was talking to me, and she didn't realize that I was in. She said, "Oh my gosh, you're in costume." Like, I just always have terrible facial hair and wear DC <laughs> shirts, backwards Yankee hats. You know, <laughs> Baggy pants that's with the skater shoes. Yeah, I, I will say one of the highlights of the night was you getting up for karaoke and you're doing your Fred and you're like, when I say limp, you say biscuit. And the whole like crowd is getting into it. And we're like, OK, he's going to start his song. And then he starts it and it's that don't impress me much by Shia Twain. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, OK, I thought we were maybe going to do a little nookie, but all right. Nah, I did keep you on your toes. Yep. All right, guys. Well, hopefully everyone's having a great holiday weekend out there. You're probably listening to this, um, eating candy out of your children's candy bags. And that's great. More power to you. Uh, what is your guys' go-to candy bar? Oh, I we've mean, debated this. We had a draft. We did, yeah. Didn't I mean, I think, I, I think candy I, bar you know, a Snickers is nice. I love a Milky Way Midnight, which nobody else likes, but they're elite. I'm a big time. I'm the only person in the world who likes Butterfinger bars. Oh, I love Butterfinger bars. Jimbo Ooh, loves I, Milky Way Midnight because that's how late he's going to have to stay up. Once I have one. <laughs> <laughs> it's midnight every time. All uh, right, guys. Yeah, no, they're good. Yeah, good stuff. And this year I got full-size candy bars for the kids in the neighborhood. And so now I feel like, I think Ryan's right. You told me I was setting a precedent. I have to do that every year now. So yeah, I you never know. know. You could just move. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you either you do it or you move. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, well, before we move any further, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Sweet. Thank you. And Thank go you. back and listen to our sports cast because our Minnesota Vikings are 6-1, and one, Skull Vikes. Yeah, we went through cool. a little prediction for the rest of the season. It was fun. It was informative. Uh, and we hope it comes true because we're on a very good track right now. You really are. All right, guys. So uh, what are you drinking? I'm uh, just drinking the same beer I am. Uh, my friend Barry got me Sirius. Um, it's an Australian pale from Launchpad Brewery in Aurora, Colorado. And it's a 32 ounce. So I'm just going to keep drinking it. It's a huge can. Nice. Nice. All right. I'm drinking this one. I thought this was kind of spooky, right? For Halloween. It's called Ritual Night. It's very dark and grim. It's from Modest. I was actually prepared to hate this because it's got so much weird shit in it. It's a Mexican dark chocolate stout, so I really need to be concerned about getting to sleep tonight. But it's got uh, cocoa nibs, milk sugar, Mexican vanilla beans, cinnamon, and chili peppers. And I was ready to hate it, and I actually like it. It's a sipper. It's 8%, and I can taste the chilies, and I like the spiciness. 
I love that. I want to try it. I actually want to go buy that now. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. Ryan, what you got? Nice. I'm still doing the same thing. Junkyard from the last uh, Nectartron. Mm-hmm. Um, New England style IPA. Delicious as always. Thank Beautiful. you, Junkyard. All right. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, time for us to get started with Do We Care? And we have to start with some bad news. House of the Dragon Season 2 will officially not premiere in 2023. This is what we've all been expecting, uh, but HBO has now come out and say, said this. Uh, we will not see this show for until at least 2024. Yeah, it's probably going to be like spring 2024, um, which is a year and a half away. Um, and that means that uh, hopefully we'll get the Jon Snow show um, before then, but we don't know. We haven't heard any word on that. We're hoping to get some Jon Snow action sooner than later. And also... We got word that there's going to be a Sea Snake spinoff talking about Corliss Valerian, um, a prequel uh, about what happened with the Valerian family and the rise of the Sea Snake. Mm-hmm. So that's another Game of Thrones show that will be coming to HBO Max. And Is I that have... one confirmed? Is that one confirmed? Yeah, yeah, it's confirmed. Yep. I saw it in like, you know, news, whatever, Halloween, Hollywood news or something, but... Um, yeah, no, it sounds cool. And we heard a little bit of his backstory. He kind of had a moment to explain it on the show. And just that, like, he's, you know, self-built. Um, they came over. They had nothing. He, you know, came up through pirating and then eventually legit ship and trading and, and owned a fleet and pretty much amassed all this power on his own. So we probably get to see some of that come up. I also just like the fact that... Will Smith uh, going to star. What do you think? Yes or no? No. Okay. But I do I mean, I like think contractually they have to have the core. Oh, I guess if Michael they're going to recast him as a younger guy. Yeah, they'll yeah. recast I him. Just, I'm excited about some diversity in the Game of Thrones world, to be honest with you. I think they look great. great. They're one of my favorite families. Yeah, really cool family. Love it. Haven't had enough of uh, that or literally any people. You're of color. too woke. Mm-hmm. You're too woke for this, Eric. This Have shit. It? Medieval times didn't black have black people, people that were in successful. medieval times. Come on. <laughs> Is that. Is that what in a in a say? fake world? Yeah, yeah, in a fake universe that doesn't actually exist. Yeah, we'll we'll allow the White Walkers, but uh, yeah, black people. I don't think so. <laughs> Go back to Essos. Well, they can, the white the White Walkers can be black. They they allow that. Right. Oh god, yeah. it's so stupid. But I, yeah, we love the Valerians on this show. All right, guys. Uh, so next up, Avatar: um, The Way of Water. It's officially going to be three plus hours long. I think we could have figured this, Jimmy oh. Cameron. I come out the movie in a long time. He's getting his money's worth. Yeah, he just it makes epic, epic stuff. Uh, This doesn't concern me. I'm excited. Three plus is it three ten? Is it three thirty? I mean, it gets to be a very long movie. But how long was Endgame? It was over three. Yeah, it was. You know, and that that was a that was a culmination of like ten years of filmmaking. This kind of is too. In a yeah, way. That's true. It's not been making not the it same. for ten fucking years. It wasn't fifteen films in between. Yeah. It's been two. Right. Um, no, I'm 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 cool with it. I'm excited for this movie. I know nobody else is in the world, but I think that once it it like it starts to get good reviews and people really like it, they're gonna see it multiple times. I think it's gonna make a ton of money. It's gonna be a big deal. Avatar is gonna be back, you guys, in our daily lives. Eric, yeah. what say you? Eric, you're gonna have to see the first one. I mean, I, if it gets good reviews, I'll watch the first one, I guess. I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to recapture the magic of the first Avatar. I don't want to go too far into this. But mm-hmm. with the 3D and, like, that new film technology in, like, 2009, 2010 or whatever it was, it was pretty epic in the theater to see that. Like, it was pretty awesome. I, I think watching it even on your HD screen, probably not doing it the same amount of justice that seeing it in 3D was. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's still a decent watch. 
They'll probably do a re-release of Avatar coming up right before the Avatar 2 comes out. So you could maybe see them both. You could spend seven hours at the movie theater. Double feature. You could get all the popcorn your heart's desire, Eric. Oh, my God, dude. You'd love it. You could actually have two meals out of it. You could do like kind of a like a lunch <laughs> and a dinner with the popcorn. I mean, what a day. Um, all right. Well, uh, how about this? Henry Cavill is officially out of Witcher Season 4. So he is literally the main character of The Witcher. He is going to be replaced by Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> I mean, what a downgrade. Oh, Ridiculous. man. Ridiculous. It's like... <laughs> It's so funny, Netflix. This decision is crazy. Obviously, the decision was from Henry. It was for Henry to step down. He didn't want to do the show anymore. Probably took too much time. He's a big movie star. He well, he's going to go make alert. a lot more Superman stuff. So that's what I was to say. Conspiracy theory is uh, DC films are going to take precedent over mm-hmm. Witcher filming, and he doesn't really have a choice because they make him a lot more money. Yeah, and you know, The Witcher was this big passion project for him. He was like, I think he's a producer. And he wanted to get it done, and he's been trying to get this show done forever. So he's also a big video game guy. Like, yeah, he loves computer gaming, and he that builds was his one own PCs. And he's yeah, I've heard yeah. all that stuff, which is cool. So this is surprising, and it's like Netflix. I know you got you don't have many hits on your hands these days, and this is considered one of them. But three seasons of a show is enough. Like three good seasons, and you just rewrite this ending to this next one. And make it give him a cool ass ending, and maybe he dies or something. Um, then you're end the show. Make a spinoff with Liam. I think, this or is don't, or don't do anything with Liam Hemsworth. Nobody cares. Yeah, I think this is such Zero. a mistake. Like, what other show has done this before? Mm. It's a weird like, precedent. I can't think of another one right now. Yeah, what we show even the main like, character and keep going? I think it's just bizarre. Um, I I don't know. I I didn't care before, and I don't care now. Yeah. I'll still, I'm sure I'll watch season three and then we'll see about four, but probably not. All right. Well, here we go. Disney Plus, they're making a new series called Vision Quest, which will focus on Vision as its main character. So, Eric, I I just want you to share thoughts first. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, let's let Eric cook on this one for a minute. I just think that um, my problem right now with the Disney shows is like we're going back to characters who have kind of like had their life cycle as a character mm-hmm. and we're trying to like give them more after the fact. And, and, I ra- and not, not only did vision get his life cycle in the films, he got a spinoff mm-hmm. essentially that was like at least half dedicated to him realistically in WandaVision. And now they're going to go back for a third helping. And right. I don't I, I right now I mean, he exists as his character has never been more boring because he's like lost all his memories or maybe he got him back, I guess towards the end at WandaVision, but he's like Does it white vision now with no personality. He already didn't have one before. And now he's even more robotic, which I guess he literally is a robot. So, okay. But um, I'm just not interested in this character. No, I just, I like, I would rather that they got me excited about characters who are going to be important a year from now. Yeah. Than to be like, you guys remember this? Like, it's like it's like um, an old rock band going to like a casino and then playing their old hits and like everyone's heard them ten million times and they're just kind of tired at this point. That's kind of how I feel about Disney Plus Marvel shows. Mm. I don't really want to see the old hits. I I kind of actually want to see where you're going next. And so I, you know, even as much as I loved Loki. Loki is a show about a dead character in the MCU. Mm-hmm. He's coming you know, back, just, though. Through this show, I, he's going to come back. He's going to wormhole into the present day or something and be there. It's, also, it's made... ap- go ahead. Keep going. No, I was going to say, apologies to the Rolling Stones for Eric taking a swing at you. They don't play so, casinos, anyway. at least. 
they don't play casinos. They play stadiums. But um, I will say the other thing is, is like I've been thinking a lot about where the hell Marvel is going to go because I don't find myself feeling very passionate, even with some really cool projects coming up. I'm kind of like it feels stale. Mm. And so I think we've been like, oh, the X-Men, they're coming. They're coming. They're going to introduce the X-Men. The X-Men are coming. And I kind of think that they're saving the X-Men because they're going to need 10 years of X-Men movies where the X-Men are all the heroes. And, like, all the heroes they currently have are, like, on the shelf for, like, 10 mm. So you think that they're slow playing that, so they do it right, and they do it big, and then it's literally the main focus of the entire MCU. For the MCU will period. be, like, X-Men movies with, like, a couple other, like, side characters that will cross over with the X-Men, kind of like Avengers. And you'll get all of your individual Wolverine movie and a Cyclops movie and a Storm movie, and you'll get all of these things, and they will be all of your main heroes for, like, a decade. Can we get a Nightcrawler movie? He was dope. Yeah, he is dope. Or a TV show? Oh, Nightcrawler TV show. Wow. I love that. He's in the circus, but he's a thief. Oh my gosh. I am so in on that. I'm really in um, on that. Yeah. They're going to give us all kinds of good stuff with the X-Men. And, and so I think instead, like, I think we have been imagining this whole time that the X-Men would meet up with all of our favorite characters and they would be like kind of together in this story. And I think that will happen, but I think that will happen kind of as they're fading, phasing out your Tom Holland and your, Hemsworth and you're like all of the characters that we will have had for like 15 years will be kind of like on their way out or at least kind of on the sidelines if they're still alive or still part of it and that's when they're gonna like shift all the focus to the x-men for a while where they're kind of like telling the story where they're all of our new iron man and spider-man and black panther and thor and hulk and etc cool i mean that would be great i think that would be awesome and then that would kind of prove that this is a little bit of a lull and they can get back to really super awesome, exciting stuff. Um, yeah. Cause right now, yeah. I mean, Wakanda forever comes out in like two weeks and none of us have even talked about if we're going to try to go to see it. So I don't know. Man. I mean, like I want it. I'm excited about it. We should go see it together. I think I will see. I think we should see that one. Yeah. Maybe Let's we skip Ant-Man, but we watch that one. I don't know. Let's do it. All right. Um, okay. So, but that doesn't mean that they can't put out bangers still. So they do have a big thing coming out. What is it? It's the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Mm, coming right to Disney+. Plus. Ryan, why don't you share your thoughts on this trailer? I think it looks stupid. Mm-hmm. And I think it's dumb. Yeah. I think this is this is for... <laughs> Wait, and it's I stupid think, and is, dumb? Holy shit. Stupid and for dumb. A, I think it's this idiotic. This is for a, a, ter- a targeted audience and... It's for people who liked Werewolf by Night, and I don't, I don't think I fall into that category. It's for young Christians, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a youth group. Youth you, group you, guys, you guys are that, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it <laughs> looks good. They, they, they celebrate Christmas in space, apparently, and um, their the Guardians are going to celebrate Christmas. I thought the trailer looked kind of fun. I, I think it's probably only going to be, like, probably 40 minutes. Um, just something goofy. I, I don't hate it. It's bonus material. I liked Werewolf yeah. by Night, by the way, fucker. I liked where we're I know. Going. I know. I'm just saying. I know you guys did. That's. I wasn't. It wasn't a knock on you guys. It was just uh, a knock on the people content, like us. I think is yes. Yeah. People that are similar <laughs> to you who enjoy the same things that you do, <laughs> but not you specifically. Got it. No, it was really. It was really a knock on the content. It's just. It's yeah. not something I would spend my time on. Got it. All right, and then finally, we got news that James Gunn is now the co-CEO of DC. Save the big one for the last. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Um, he, I hope he can help. I mean, he's certainly, like, everything he's made has been awesome. Like, he's great with the Guardians. I really liked Suicide Squad. Um, I think he, he's I don't maker. know if he's involved at all in the spinoff of, you know, the the John Cena show. 
Um, Peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does that show, right? Yeah. So everything he does does. has been great. Uh, I I don't know. He, he, it's funny because he has such a lighter tone to his movies and so much comedy in them. It's almost like Marvel movies. And now they put him in charge. So is DC going to still attempt to do the, be the dark brooding, serious comic book movies out of the two groups? I don't know. Uh, maybe it changes the tone. Well, and then, and not not only that, he also then has to deal with how they have multiple iterations of the same character. It's a tough know, job um, he just took, dude. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. And I think you know their first question is: Do we wipe the slate clean, or do we you know kind of cherry pick some of these ones that we like and keep those moving forward, or whatever? As long as Jared Leto's not involved in anything, I think that's step one. Mm-hmm. I think that's you're you're doing great moving forward from that. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, to like, he's got. What does he do with? Um, oh my God, Venom, um, which I know is. A, I mean, it's a terrible series, but it makes them a shit ton of money. Well, Venom uh, is uh, is Sony and Marvel. Oh, that is Sony. So Sorry, you don't have to worry about that. I, at I least, apologize. But Never mind. He, I, what a, what he has a to figure take, out. But, uh, <laughs> he has to figure out what to do with Henry Cavill. He's got to make. He's like, dude, we have to make at least a, one good Superman movie with him and see what happens. I think that's going to be his first big task. He needs to figure out where to put Battinson and if Battinson needs to be in his own universe or if he should cross over with all the huge godlike heroes. One hundred percent. Yep. And I don't think well, he then, should. Then, I agree with Eric's take that leave that alone. It doesn't fit. There's well, and where does a Superman flying in and saving the day in a bat in Batman's world right now that they set up in the Batman would suck. It would suck. Well, and then where does where does the you know the Joker fit into that with the the Joaquin spinoff? Like, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm not saying like they should you know cross the streams with those. I'm just saying do, do those merge or do you keep them soul and separate? Knowing that like Batman and Joker, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you navigate keeping those from crossing into one another? Well, I don't think they will because they already introduced a new Joker played by Barry Sunkner, yeah, Kogan or whatever. So I don't think it's going to be him. <laughs> what? He didn't No, You said Barry and I said I said McCockiner. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and you were like Hogan. Yes, yes. Yeah, Hogan. Yeah, Hogan. Yep. Yes. Nailed it, Barter. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh so I think we're all pretty into that. I think that the characters in um the you know, all the stuff that he's made is so funny. Like what was the the weasel? Oh, I laughed yeah. every fucking time I saw the weasel, I laughed. Oh, like, I should rewatch was, that stuff. Weasel was great. It was literally too good. I thought that Peacemaker was incredible. I think that they should be able to go more serious when they want to. But I think that they should have like some of the adult Peacemaker vibe going. Because I think that that really works. Yeah, I agree. I think I think it worked for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good show. Right. Yeah, we don't get to see right. much, much kind of R-rated comic book material. So I'm excited. If they could, and I think that's a great point, Jim, if they can veer into that and maybe it doesn't all have to be like that. Maybe you can have some HBO shows that are more adult content driven and then you can have some more PG-13 mainstream-ish movies, mm-hmm. you know, like Eric was saying, like maybe some bangers, like throw throw a few of those, uh, maybe some Red Meat, Superman, bring Gal back for another round of Wonder Woman, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be a great strategy. All right, guys, time to move on to Hot Rex and Hot Rex. A couple of just quick hitters, so you're probably going through withdrawals right now without House of the Dragon this week. I feel like everybody was watching it. And if you want to know just how many people were watching it, it's the third most watched show on HBO ever. Okay. Um, so first is uh, The Sopranos. Second is 
Game of Thrones, and third is House of the Dragon. So it was massive um, for HBO. Everybody watched it. I know everybody on here, for the most part, watched it. You're probably like us. You're missing it already. Well, if you are, a couple things you should be watching, Andor. We've said it every week. Mm -hmm. We don't need to go deep into it, but Andor is just fantastic television. It's been killing it on Disney+. Plus. We've said it every week. We've beaten a dead horse, I understand. Um, But also... Coming out this weekend, we haven't had a chance to watch it yet, mm-hmm. but it, White Lotus Season 2 is back. Yes. So we have something on Sunday nights. Not the level of excitement that we would get for uh, Hot D, but this should be a fun, pleasant show. I usually, is, you know, last season was entertaining, so I'm ready for it. All right. Well, also entertaining and level of Hot D, Fixer Upper the Castle. Well, this is the greatest <laughs> show on television right now. Um, if you love witty banter... Loving witty banter between a wonderful couple down in Texas named Chip and Joanna Gaines. Um, this is a great show. They bought a castle and they are. Guess what they're doing to it? Renovating it. Yes, <laughs> they sure are. They are Did renovating they run into it. Budget problems. Yeah. In, sometimes they put in floors. Sometimes they choose paint colors. Wait, this wait, 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 wait. If it's a castle, what kind of demo did Chip get to do? You can't just, like, knock down castle walls. He really didn't get to have his big demo, and, of course, that was, you know, they played into that because he loves to demo. Um, Great stuff. Makes me laugh every episode. Uh, How many kids are they up to now? Like, 19? Fucking five, I think. I think they got five kids. No, they're, they're, they're weird people, I mean, for sure. But they're also America's renovators, and we should be celebrating them, so I like the show. Um... The castle's sweet. I can't wait to see it done. It drops on Friday, and I'm so used to HGTV shows like, you watch one, man. There's another one coming up next, because I've never watched an HGTV show live day of in my life. Nobody has. It's all five years old. They don't have, don't they're not it. live. Yeah. Uh, this is different. I'm watching it every Friday on the dot. So, Can I ask a question? Who do you think is more likely to cheat on their spouse, Chip or Joanna? Uh, probably Chip. He's strutting around, and they got a lot of like cute like designer girls working there and stuff. I do wonder when is that all the scandal? Fall apart. I was gonna say, is that the scandal that that like pulls the pulls the rug out from underneath the whole Magnolia universe? I think so. It'll be like the Infid- flip and flop couple that didn't last either. You know, Ooh, remember those yeah. guys? The guy, the guy and the hot blonde gal, Tarek, and yeah, yeah, just a tragedy. They um, had a choice of like being rich and famous or like being tabloid famous, and they chose tabloid. There you go. Nice. Yeah. So uh, anyways, it, you know, I'm kind of goofing around, but it is a very entertaining show and it is a castle, which is fucking sick. All right. Well, in castles, they have cabinets and you watch Cabinet of Curiosities. <laughs> yeah. What the hell is this? Well, I just watched the first one. It's it's Guillermo del Toro's kind of horror answer to like a Black Mirror, you know, like an anthology series where they get, you know, a new kind of recognizable actor or actress to cut, to be the lead in it. Short stories, kind of like hour long episodes. And I hated the first one. I was like, I thought the acting was bad. I thought the story was boring, um, cliche stuff. So I, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm sure I'll watch another episode, or maybe what I'll do is I'll like Google, hey, which ones are good? Like I do sometimes for Black Mirror, and just watch the good ones because the first one I was not impressed with. Um, the actual like creature effects, like it, they have a decent CG budget, so that when that stuff happened, it was okay. But uh, yeah, not great, not great, Bob. Not a good start. Uh, um, and I wanted to like this because there's not we, a lot of big TV out right now. So I wanted this to be good. Okay. Well, uh, that's disappointing. Mm-hmm. You also watched the first episode of Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, I did. And I'm, I'm probably going to watch all these. And I've heard good things. Like Jordan, friend of the pod, said he really liked it overall. Uh, the first one is like, I can't believe how, how boring it was, though. It's like literally a story of Ahsoka when she's a baby, like can't talk. And she's like, gets lost from her village. I mean, it's 
I was so, I was dumbfounded at how like pointless it was. So not a big fan of the first one. Um, gonna probably keep watching. Was there a chasing? Absolutely, no scooters involved. Okay. But yeah, I mean, like it, it's every cliche. I, I don't know. I didn't love it. Did not love the first one. All right. Well, the wreck we're most excited to find out about is what climbing doc Brian watched this week. I didn't. What? There's no. There's none. There's no new ones coming Damn out. Oh. They can't keep up right. with you. All right. Well. Well. Alex Honnold did do his uh, his ultimate climb this past like the like a couple weeks ago where he climbed three different uh, mountains yeah. in 24 hours or something like that. So I think uh, I'm sure that that's going to be There'll cut be up into some that. sort of Nat Geo Nat Geo show coming up pretty soon. So I'll let you guys know. I'll keep you posted on that. I'm one. sure you will. I can't Along wait. Along with the viewers, right. you are insatiable for those things. I love it. <laughs> the real wreck that we wanted to talk about is the movie Barbarian. Uh, yeah, Barbarian um, with one of the Scars guards, and it's got uh, Justin Long, and then some, this like newcomer gal. It doesn't really matter. The, the movie, the less you know about it, the better. I think they did a great job with the trailers. I'm pretty sure everything in the trailer was from the first 30 minutes of the movie um, because it does take a lot of fun turns. I was, it was one of those movies where you're like having so much fun watching it that halfway through you're like. This could end literally any way, and I still like the movie. Like, I was having a blast watching it. So it is the hottest of wrecks. It's a 10 out of 10. Um, you know, it's scary. It's bloody. It's all these things. It's it's super fun. I loved Barbarian. It's on HBO Max right now. So you can just, just fucking watch it. It's great. So I want to know where that, like, what are the most recent, like, what are the classic horror movies from the past five years? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it follows is up there. I think that Babadook is up there. I think that um, I guess the Smile movie that's in theaters right now is supposed to be really good too. Like that might be kind of a classic. Uh, I really like the one. Um, is Hereditary considered horror? I, oh, absolutely. Hereditary is in there. Um, I mean, Hereditary is my favorite one ever. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it's up there. It's in the top five best horror movies ever. I'd say. Uh, yeah. I mean, what was the what was the one that was on? It was like Maleficent or no? Um, Something the one with like the malignant. malignant malignant was cool. I don't know if that cla- that you know was one of the classics in the last five years, but yeah, there's definitely like I think that there's you know Jordan Peele has made some amazing horror movies recently. Us was fantastic. Do you, what do you uh, think? Balser, fr- good friend of the pod, Balser loves Nope more than um, Us and Get Out, which is I gotta see it. I, I might I might rent it this week if it's not free yet because I just really want to see it. And I feel like people are starting to talk about it as if everyone's seen it. And I think there's a lot of big spoilers in it. So I should just fucking rent it. But you guys, Barbarian is awesome. I think you guys will both really like it. I don't even really want to give you comparables on it because, like, the comparables could be almost spoilers. Um, And you don't want any spoilers for this. Just go in blind. Okay, how disgustingly gory is it? Uh, Not that much. Not that gory. Like I like scary movies, don't like gross movies. It's it's gross got some is- gross, but it's fun. Like it's fun. Like you'll be excited and you'll be into it. But yeah, I mean, it's not like hostile at all. It's more like, uh, or is it mortal mortal combaty where it's kind of fake? No, it feels kind of real. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind right, of so- hard to watch sometimes, but it's great, man. It's fun. It's a horror movie. It's good. Okay, and uh, what would you say is the besides this? What is an old classic horror movie people should be watching during spooky season here uh, since it was Halloween this week? Have you ever seen Exorcist? The Shining. Uh, Old original Exorcist people should be tuning into that? Yeah. No. Boring. Exorcist is phenomenal. It's like legit so scary. It's so good. Dude, watch Paranormal Activity. 
It's it's ten times scarier than The Exorcist. Recently watched it. Don't don't do that. Watch Paranormal Activity two and just skip the first one. Oh, is it better? It's way better. I don't like when there's that movie scares me too much because it's too normal. Like if yeah. you said a horror movie like out in space or you sure. know in a big castle somewhere, yeah. I don't get that scared. But when it's like an average person's house with shit going Found on, footage. now I can't walk yeah. around my own house at night. Thanks a lot. You like you find some baby powder on the floor and you're like, "What the fuck, guys? Exactly, you can't be doing this." Yeah, yeah. Or you feel like the sheet the sheet move a little bit, you know, <laughs> yes. from the from the ceiling fan, and you're like, "God, you guys, I swear to God, we'll move." Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well. It is time to move on to our newest rewatch. It's actually going to be a three-watch. Why is that, Eric? We are going to be doing a new rewatch series where we are going to watch movies from three different directors. David Fincher, the Coen Brothers, and D- Denis Villeneuve. And we're one calling, of which we're we the can't Coen Brothers. We're okay. calling the Coen Brothers one directing entity. Sure. One entity. Um, and so we are going to be watching five movies from each of them, but each of that, the... We're going to watch them in rounds, one, two, three, four, and five, to decide who is our favorite of these directors. Um, so we what started, you mean, what no you mean by rounds is we're going to watch one from each director consecutively, mm-hmm. and then we're going to decide who won that round. Yes. So what? First round is seven. We just watched it. Incredible. And then we're going Car- Coen Brothers with Fargo. And then we're going, is it Prisoners? Prisoners. Denis. Prisoners. Yeah. And then this is going to be fun, right? So like in, in two more weeks... We get to say, okay, let's rank these movies. That's going to be a fucking battle, by the way, yeah. because like I feel like the stakes yeah. are really high, and I want to be, I want my people to win. You know what I mean? So like, we'll figure that out. We're going to rank them. Is it going to be like three points, two points, one point? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So yeah, and then you know, best director at the end, we'll see. So um, we watched Seven this week. This is a classic from David Fincher. You guys probably all recognize this, or at least parts of this movie. Um, was it ninety five? Yeah, nineteen came out nineteen ninety five. Okay, um, this is early Fincher. It's uh, pretty young Brad Pitt. It's Morgan Freeman. I'm gonna say in his prime. Oh, I heyday. Thought, yeah, I think heyday. He carried yeah, the I movie. He was just incredible in this movie. Um, and so this movie starts out with a retiring or at least leaving his position morgan freeman jaded in is it even a named city i think it's just no, a named city i think it's an amalgam of like chicago and new york yeah we don't know the city but it's a horrible place to live i'll tell you that unnamed city that dark, is rains decaying. every it's like gotham city dude it's just dark say, and gross yeah, and rains all the time and people are getting murdered in horrible ways yeah, so in this, you have Morgan Freeman, this jaded detective who annoys everyone with how thorough he is in his investigations and how he, um, you know, combs through crime scenes. And you hear someone right away being like, you know, most of these things will never be solved. Like, mm-hmm. why you're so annoying? Like, why do we have to go so in depth? Who cares? And then you have the newcomer, Brad Pitt. Um, Detective Mills, who comes to town specifically wanting to come to this city. And he's young, he's brash, and he thinks he can come in and make a difference in this. Yeah, a bit of an idealist in that regard. Yeah, And so pretty much right away, we get caught, the two of them get called to a crime scene where you have a very obese man who has uh, his face in a plate of spaghetti and you pretty much figure out right away that he was forced to fill his body with so much food that he like explodes from within. 
Well, kind of. They they slow played it. Like they that was part of the like they didn't really find that out until the autopsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but they they kind of you know he lets you go like I found two receipts in the grocery bag. So the killer <laughs> went back did this left and went back to the grocery store twice. Um, you know, and they had like you know timestamps on the receipts and up. So but they, yes, they notice his hands and feet are bound, and they're like, "Holy shit, yeah. this is a homicide." Yeah, yeah. And so eventually. Uh, things don't sit right with Morgan Freeman. He heads back to the crime scene. And when he moves, for some reason, he decides to move furniture around. Well, didn't you see that they, that the murderer had fed him pieces of the floor? So they pulled those out of the stomach and then he found the scratches on the, the linoleum where they fit and realized that the killer had moved the fridge to write something behind it. And then included the little scraps to give him a clue, which is fucking so cool. Like, yeah. the writing in this movie and the clues that they get are actually so fun and so good. The puzzle is amazing. Yeah, well, the, every time the, they're the trying coroner, to... The coroner, it makes it, like, when you think about, when you, when you kind of do the math, the coroner did the thing where he held up the stomach and said it weighs, like, 37 pounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. So that guy, or some probably his assistant, or, whom, you know, somebody in the morgue, had to go through all of the stomach contents, like... Mm-hmm thing by thing and then find these little mm-hmm. tiny strips of, of you know tile floor linoleum floor or whatever that have been kind of scraped up um and then cleaned them and sent them to morgan freeman or like hey they found it in his stomach we don't know what it is yeah um and then he like like you said then then he went back and was like god it's kind of bothering me and then he figured it out he pulls the refrigerator away and it says gluttony there's like a little note with i don't know some kind of like biblical verse or something mm-hmm. um and then he realizes that this was not just some kind of one-off revenge. This is something much greater, much more calculated, and much more disgusting. He said, this is just beginning mm-hmm. to the chief. Yeah. You know? Um, what was the next one after that? That was the... Uh, Greed, uh, which is the, the penthouse lawyer who had to cut a pound of yep. flesh. I love all the literary references in this. There was like the, you know, Merchant of Venice, pound of flesh thing. There was... Um, you know, all this Dante's Inferno stuff, the, you know, Paradise Lost. So yeah, there was like really cool literary references and they, you know, spent time in a library and I liked all that stuff. I did too. It was a nice break. It was like the, the library scene in between (laughs) murder Mm -hmm. scenes was, was kind of a nice refuge. You got some (laughs) classical music. Yeah. Uh, It was like, okay, we could take a break. He's just researching, you know, it's just him with some books. They could have solved this case Uh, in like two days if they had the internet, but he had to keep going to the library. So, um, yeah, so the next one is Sloth, which is unbelievably cool. Um, you know, and it's so funny. Like, they find that place. They find this the guy, the Sloth guy's apartment by a picture was turned upside down in the penthouse. Somebody noticed uh-huh. it. They took it off. They dusted for fingerprints. And there was a hand that belonged to, like, some kind of minor petty criminal, right? Like, that said, greed. That had been, that had been <laughs> represented by this lawyer and yep. he was accused mm-hmm. of like like trying to rape minor right and he was like this disgusting guy and then it said help me. right okay right and so they find this dude and how about the jump scare when he's still alive excellent uh i have to be honest with you um i had only ever seen this movie one time mm. but that whole scene stuck with me so much i know yeah that I was like sort of dreading the movie. Yep. Yes. Not that it wasn't really cool, but like it is pretty disturbing. It's really and, like, gross and dark and scary and 
Dude, not not only is the the visuals disturbing when they go to the hospital and they're asking the doctor like, "Well, will he be able to talk?" and the doctor's like, "Well, if his brain wasn't mush, mm-hmm. which it is, he chewed his t- own tongue off a long time ago." Yeah, he won't be and talking. And it's like to like it just it just got worse. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. where you like, "Okay, just just looking at him, you realize like it's bad." And then the doctor says those things and you're like, "And he's still alive in the hospital?" Really fucked up. Yeah. Really fucked up. Yeah, that was a really good one. Um, Then we get one. The next one is Lust, right? Where, like, this creepy dude gets, is, like, forced to, like, have sex with a prostitute with a giant blade strapped on. It was so bad. They really didn't show much of this one. They didn't show you anything. It was that graphic. Yeah. Like, just, just, just them talking. They showed you a picture, a photograph of the. A Polarant. A Polaroid of the implement. That's what we got. And you kind of saw the bloody body in the background, sort of. Yeah. Just covered in a sheet. They just were. It was enough to have that guy breaking down in the, in the, like, room, you know, and just, like, that was a good performance from that, that dude, too. So. Yeah. And yeah, I that fucked her. I fucked her. Yeah, that yeah. shit was nuts. I know, I know. So then we get um next one is Pride, who's that woman that like he he this one was really clever, I thought. So he like yeah. disfigures her horribly, cuts her face up, and then in one he cuts gives her, her he cut he cut her nose off. Cut her nose very... off, right, despite the face, yes. whatever, right? So then yes, she's exactly. got a, enough pills to kill her in one hand, glued, and a phone in the other. So she can call for help, but he knows she's not going to, she kills herself. Um, no, no, she she called for help, but he killed her anyways. Oh, really? She didn't take the yeah. pills? No, she didn't take the pills. She tried to call for help, and then he just ended up, like, dicing her up. Oh, fuck. That's crazy. I didn't catch that. Yeah. And um, then, so then he cut up her face really bad after that. Like, he pretty much cut her face off. So, yeah, they find the the apartment at this point. They find the apartment before that one. Yeah, yeah, right and before that one. That was a really so. Exciting... So let's let's back up a second. Mm-hmm. Also, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. So this was a this was a pre-internet thing, and he Morgan Freeman has this contact um, who can get information on books that people are checking out. Yeah, via what a their what a random cards. way to do it. But he was right. It yeah, worked. it's not legal. It's not admissible in court. He kind of explains the whole thing to Mills. Like, you got to pay him cash. It's under the table. He'll get you a list of names. They get a list of names. And one of the places that they go to is John Doe's house yep. or John Doe's apartment. And so they're knocking on the door and all hell kind of breaks. Loose. Yep. They have a big chase, which was which was cool. Um, they find out that they actually had at the sloth place at the end of the apartment building they had run into him yeah and he was mm-hmm. there like taking pictures of them and kind of ran away um and they thought it was just a, like a you know tabloid journalist but it was actually the killer yeah, he's like fucking fucking press how do they get here so fast right yep and it was i know which was really interesting um so yeah they had kind of a, a cool chase scene it ends with brad pitt getting fucking smacked over the head and could have been killed and the the killer we find out Dude. later why he didn't kill him because he has grand plans Other for his last two kills Dude, the oh. uh, the the scene where it's fucking pouring down, and I it was a great camera shot with the muzzle mm-hmm. pressed against his head, and all you see is like just the blurry image of of John Doe, and it's like five really fucking long seconds, and and Brad Pitt mm-hmm. like or you know Detective Mills like closes his eyes like this is it, I'm done, yep. you know, and you I think as the viewer too on your first viewing were like, well, sh- why is he gonna leave him alive? Mm-hmm. Well. Obviously, figure out why later, but man, that was that was such an intense like. Even though the that p- 
portion of the scene only lasted like 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. It was so well done and so intense with between the rain and the gun and the blood coming off of Mills' face. Insane. Yeah. So well done. By really, really great shot. I totally agree. So I would say that we didn't talk enough about a few things. One, uh, Mills and Brad Pitt in general. Yeah. I think of Brad Pitt as like a really good actor. Yes. I do. In my mind, I imagine him as this really good actor. And I think of 90s Pitt and early 2000s Pitt as like the epitome of cool, um, you know, like just the best actor of the time. Even I know that's not really true. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, he like kind of has made people think he was just this absolute virtuoso. I think his acting in this is bad. I agree. I don't think it's that bad, but I will say that he was peak good looking and he was not peak actor yet. Like he got no, better. Future he, movies are better and better. Especially next to him, Morgan Freeman, who was, you know, I was gonna say at this time he, or whatever, just fucking perfect. Was so good. To Brad Pitt deliver lines as David Mills versus Morgan Freeman yeah. as Somerset. It's night and day. It, yeah, it and is. It's, un- and it's unfair know, to Brad one Pitt. One thing that I thought was interesting about that character, like when I watched this movie 10 years ago or whatever, maybe like, you know, or 20 years ago, I was like, damn, Brad Pitt's character, Mills, is so fucking cool. He doesn't give a shit. He's badass. He's awesome. And I watch it now, I'm like, He's not that likable. He's no. not that smart. He's really he brash. Listen. Like you said, he doesn't have a lot of respect for the for people. He says uh, faggot at one point. So we're like, all right, this is a fucking 90s movie where your main protagonist uses slurs. Okay. And then yeah. later he's where he's in the diner. He's very he's very homophobic because remember in the diner, he's like, don't sit on the same side as me. I don't want people to think we're dating. Yeah, well, what do you want? What do you want? Like some, you know, queer. Like, dude, so... That was kind of a weird wrinkle. So he's not really, it's not great to his wife. He's kind of like an average husband. Um, I mean, I don't, none, he did not deserve the fate that he got, but he's not like this perfect guy. You know, he's he's kind of unlikable. Well, he's yeah. very, he was more excited to see his dogs than he was his wife. There you go. Yeah. If, if, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, um, no, I agree. And, and like, he doesn't listen. And I think that was the whole point of like, like you said in the beginning of this, where, He's a bit of an idealist. He thinks he knows it all. You know, Morgan Freeman is like, this should not be his first case. Well, mm-hmm. turns out he was dead fucking right. And, yeah. um, he, you know, of course, like scoffs at, you know, Somerset suggesting that um, about him. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with Eric. I think like it almost even feels like his lines are dubbed at times. Like, like he didn't say them well enough on set and then they had to go back and mm. like, add the audio to make it sound a little bit better, especially in the car with, with Kevin Spacey. Um, sorry, spoilers. Um, especially in the car in that, you know, kind of interrogation scene as, as they're on their way out, I felt like the audio was so much better for Morgan Freeman than it was Mm. for him. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah, so let's keep going. So the, the scene where Kevin Spacey, John Doe shows up at the, at the precinct. Yeah. Wait, wait, you missed one. What am I missing? I just want to say, we didn't really talk enough about what they found in the apartment, which was really cool. The apartment was absolutely hectic. Yeah. They find that he has no fingerprints in the entire apartment. He has nothing that can connect him to anything. He has a bank account under the name John Doe. That's very short. There's no history of anything with this person. He has... Which, by the way, which, by the way, they broke into that apartment. Morgan Freeman was like, you can't... You can't go in there. Like, mm-hmm. don't break down the door. We can't. We don't have any evidence that that was him. And Brad Pitt's like, fuck it. And just <laughs> just smash yeah. the door open. They go through and they find notebooks of just him rambling, like, in this weird 
um, you know, stream of consciousness mm-hmm. to, to yeah. a paper kind of thing. Like thousands yeah. of notebooks. Yeah, thousands of these notebooks. Um, and then like pictures of like future people that he's going to go after. And then that's when they find the pictures of them um, and figure out that they were in the same place. He mm-hmm. was that guy undercover um, as the, uh, you know, who they thought was the journalist. Uh, and so everything is getting more and more connected. They realize they're kind of part of this story at that time. And then, like you said, he comes into the police station. Wait, 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 wait. But what was the what was the best part about the apartment scene? The phone call. Oh, the phone call. Yeah. Yes. So good. the phone call was everyone was like, quiet, quiet, quiet. And they were trying to figure out where the phone was, which was actually kind of funny. What did they but find then when in he the answers tub? it? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, the, I think the tub was the pictures because that's oh, he yeah. was using the tub as like a, whatever that agent that reagent stuff is yeah, to get the yes. photos developed. Uh, but yeah, then they found the they found the phone and and it's John Doe and it's like you know I'm uh, you know I was very surprised that you found where I was, but I'll be adjusting my schedule, but everything's still on track. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, and he tries to you know tries to coax some answers out of him and whatever, and it doesn't work. But right, so then he goes a, and commits the greed murder. Or the uh, no the the vanity murder and yeah. then he he turns himself in he shows up blood on him and uh, pride he, yeah pride he that was the one yep shows up blood on his shirt they arrest him they bring him in and then uh, he is which saying, by the way again sorry the shot of the side of the cab where you just see a guy in like dress pants and a white shirt get out and there's blood fucking yeah. everywhere all over the place and you're like what is that that's kind of strange and then walks in and then he's like detective and it's so subtle like if on your first watching i almost guarantee you didn't really quite hear the first time maybe a little yeah. bit the second time and then he's like detective yes god it's a good Crazy. scene i'm kevin spacey's obviously a nightmare of a human being but what a great performance it, you know sometimes like this kind of stunt casting where like, let's think about Interstellar, right? Where Matt Damon shows up, like, towards the end of the movie, and you're like, this is so silly. I'm sorry, but Matt Damon is making me laugh right now. Uh, this was, like, the opposite. Like, Kevin Spacey was so good in this that it didn't feel, like, hilarious that all of a sudden Kevin Spacey's in it, you know? Well, and this was, you know, shout out to 1995, pre-internet. Um, that's the only way you're able to pull this kind of thing off, mm-hmm. you know, in a film where you can keep this under wraps, that he was in. They did not market him. The, the last twenty five minutes. Nobody. The last twenty five minutes. Yep. Yeah. So eventually, you get his lawyer in, and he says he will not say that he he will not plead insanity. He will plead guilty if they just go to this location to find these other two bodies. Two. And two bodies. I found myself really excited, knowing what was going to happen. But I think the first time. I mean, I was so long ago. But I think the first time I was so. Like, I couldn't even believe that we were going to go somewhere with the three of them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they made it make sense. Like, it, it was believable. Um, you know, just saying, like, hey, we're going to plead insanity. And obviously, we'll get a way, you know, we'll get that. That because well, like, the lawyer. Yeah. The lawyer makes excellent points of like, uh, they're like, well, what if we what if we call the bluff? And he's like, well, then we'll let the press know that the police don't seem to care about the two remaining bodies yep. of this big string of serial murders. So that. They really, he really planned it perfectly to force the cops' hands yep. to follow what he wants them to. Do. Right. So they go out. You mentioned like I thought. I thought it was a good scene. Maybe Brad Pitt wasn't in the top of his acting at this point, but I did like the dialogue. It was really well written. Their interchange. Um, so yeah, they go out middle of nowhere, and 
they walk out and then a delivery van starts showing up. I mean, is Kevin's is it is it is the power rankings in the movie Morgan Freeman, Kevin Spacey, Brad Pitt? Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And that's just just after the 10 you minute could throw car ride scene. You could throw Gwyneth Paltrow above Brad Pitt. She was I mean, no, very I limited. Mean, like, she's one of those characters that only exists to die to further the male's plot, which is not great. They don't do that as often anymore. But um, but she was good. She was very capable. I just mean from like the limited screen time that Spacey actually had, mm-hmm. he kind of owned it oh, in he the back it. of that cop car. He sold it. So the delivery vehicle shows up. Morgan Freeman has the guy at gunpoint. He says, hey, I'm supposed to deliver this package to... Agent or Detective Mills. Mm-hmm. He opens David. Up. He's like, David, David Mills. And he's mm-hmm. like, what did you say? Yeah. He opens up the package and he's obviously really freaked out. And you realize that he has killed his wife and put his her head in this box. At this time, he starts saying things that he paid a visit to his wife. Mm-hmm. And- so, okay. So, yeah. What you're saying is Morgan Freeman's at the van. Brad Pitt and Kevin Spacey are separate, and that and he actually makes reference to it. He's like, "Well, now we have a chance to talk." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was fucking crazy. So he starts he's telling so- him what he did. And, well, and then kind of in a roundabout way, but he's like, he's tying it back to his sin, envy. which is envy. And then um, you know, Morgan he goes, Freeman "I tried, I tried also- to play husband, but it didn't go well." Well, and Morgan Freeman's being very cryptic. He says, everybody stay put. John yeah. Doe has the upper hand. Like, yeah. he realized what's happening right now. Um, and then, yeah, he's like, I tried to I tried to play husband. I was envious of your life, David. Mm-hmm. And he's calling him David. And that's fucking cool. It yeah. was. You get the famous, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's, what's in the box? That was Which great. is great. It's iconic. It's fucking <laughs> it's, iconic. I still say it. If so, I'm opening a box, yeah. I just say it. Yeah. I just say it. It's, Amazon shows up. And, it's what's in the box. And then I think the the crescendo reaches its peak mm-hmm. when he says inside of her. And Somerset Somerset hits him across the face yeah, as hard as he could. Right. He knew, you know, from conversations with her that they, they had had in the diner. That she was pregnant. And he's like, what did she say? And then Kevin Spacey's face when he goes, mm-hmm. oh, he didn't know, is the like it still gives me chills to this mm-hmm. day, even yeah. though I know the line is coming. He just delivered it so perfect. Yeah, unbelievable. So Brad Pitt walks up and shoots him in the head. Co- yeah, completing a very Become impressive rap. fucking yeah. serial killer vision. With I rap. was like, yeah, I, I think there was. I had. I wasn't like, oh, he won. I was like, he's dead. He got killed. He this won. was perfect. He you still he won? won, dude. I don't know. I mean, he won because he killed his wife, but he also got brutally murdered. I would have shot him in just places that were not lethal with every bullet I had. That's yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, he won, and I think it's yeah, cooler that he I did. I think it makes it a better movie. Um, yeah, right, I, mean, so- I think it was just an epic ending. And he, he, I personally ranked the kills, okay? I want to tell you guys my ranking of, of the sins, all right? Yeah. Wrath... Mills at the end, killing Doe is number one coolest. Yeah, for sure. Number two is the wife's head in the box. Part of the ending, unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, I think that Sloth is number three. Would you guys agree for coolness? Yeah, it was really cool. Okay, Sloth three. I think Gluttony four. Yeah. The first Fat Man. Uh, and then Lust with the, the blade strap on, which was just disturbing as can be. And then I went to Greed with the penthouse lawyer. And finally, Pride. Yeah, I agree. The woman who I agree. I think I think exactly. that's perfect. Do you, do you guys like that? Do you guys agree with the coolness factor? Yeah, I, I agree with all of it. Okay, cool. And they're all so memorable. Like I, 
I could have seen this movie one time and 20 years later probably remembered every single kill because it's I would just, actually flip flop. They're so iconic. The only one I would flip flop yeah. would be Sloth and Envy. And I think because we got to see so much more, I realized the impact of Envy was bigger. But I think seeing all the like, mm-hmm. you know, the car fresh scent Christmas trees hanging in there and, and like the production on that. And then Ugh. like, I think that is so Epic much more scene. memorable as a scene just in general not that tracy's but no but not that tracy's death then what's in the box was also like off screen we never saw any of it i think i don't know i i would just flip-flop those two but other than that i have no problem yeah. with the ranking okay i'll go first you guys, right, guys so what's your overall this, ranking i think it's movie. a 92 um and i think it's withstands the test of time i think we've talked about some of the negatives but overall it's an absolute fucking banger of a movie well, i mean what a start to the three watch mm-hmm I know, right? Um, oh. I give it a 96. Really, really strong. The uh, the Rotten Tomatoes audience score is actually a 95. Not surprising. Not surprising. So it's at all. really, really well loved, but not surprising. And I, I think it's I think it's great. I think I mean it's such an entertaining movie. It is so perfect for a rewatch. I love it. I think it's just so well done. It has a couple flaws. You know, maybe the relationship between Mills and or, uh, Somerset yeah. and the wife. It seems a little forced, a little weird, but. Other than that, like, it's just a banger movie. One of the best cop dramas I've ever seen. Um, I'm going to give it an 88. Uh, I really liked it. I think that the story was True. better than the movie, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I think that, that um, I think the story, I don't know who wrote it, but whoever did, maybe it was Fincher, I don't know. Whoever wrote it did a better job than Fincher did in directing. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean I think he did a bad job. I think it's a classic. I thoroughly enjoyed this, but I found myself thinking what a brilliant story more than I thought what a brilliant movie. Sure. And so that's why I give it an 88. Still a classic, um, but definitely room for for uh, the next two movies to, to maybe take the crown for round one. Mm, yeah, for, well, we got Fargo next. I was going to say, I think Jim already made up his mind, but then he throws the 96 ever, so. out there, so that's kind of... Yeah, that's going to be hard. Wait to till you see what I give Fargo, boys. Well, you haven't watched it yet. Maybe you'll I know, that's true. It. That's true. I haven't so, seen it in probably five years uh, at least. This was written by Andrew right, Kevin guys. Walker, and he's written a few things. Um, most recently, he wrote an episode of Love, Death, and Robot. Oh, interesting. 90, uh, Ryan, what was so, your score? Which is kind oh, of funny. You gave it a 92? Uh, right in the middle. Okay, we're all, Perfect. If we average it out, it's a 92. Yeah. Average out was yeah. a 92. All right, guys. That is going to be all the time we have this week on the Nordies Podcast. Uh, watch Fargo with us next week. Um, and otherwise, until then, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nordies Podcast.